Take a seat, guys. Amen. What's up, New City Church? Good night. That was good stuff, man. I tell you what. Thank you guys very much. That was, you guys brought it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Give them a hand one more time, man. This is just beautiful stuff. It's good to see. I love being led by people that actually worship. It's, it's, it's almost like a, like a bonus that they're so good at, and talented in the music. But, man, it's just awesome. Thank you guys so very, very much. I like that song, that last song. I don't remember ever. Have we, have we sung that here before? We, we touched it on Good Friday. Did we? Okay. Well, that's awesome. Man. I love that. Love that. Thank you. All hail King Jesus is right, man. He is our king. And he is a uh, Lord of absolutely everything. Guys, uh, got a lot of new faces in here today. Good to see y'all, man. My name is Casey, uh, one of the pastors serving alongside you guys here. And uh, man, it is really good to see, uh, see, you, see you all here. And uh, man, we got, a, we got a lively third service here today, man. You guys all came in all hopped up on Spiritual Mountain Dew or something, man. I don't know what's going on, but it's, uh, I like it, man. It's, it's really cool to be part of, uh, part of an energetic uh, service and man, I just love love what's going on, man. I know God has given us some great victory over the last um, last few weeks, man. I want to tell you a few stories of this. Uh, I need a miracle series that we did and some of the uh, some of the prayer services that we had over uh, over that, man. We actually, if you guys didn't hear last week, I had never really witnessed a physical healing except for one, and it was with Daniel who gave the message last week um, when he, when God healed his hand. And man, it kind of didn't freak me out or anything like that, but it was like, wow, it really, it, it made me realize that God is in control of absolutely everything, that we can't do anything without his, uh, his intervention and his uh, foreknowledge. Even breathe, like, like, like the, the process of breathing air in and out is something that is so complex and so, I mean, like you just can't, there's no way that, that without God's intervention, even something like that, can be the fact that we were stuck on this big old rock um, by gravity and 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 radio, you know, like, like all that kind of stuff, like light waves and all the different things that are happening. Uh, God is in control of absolutely everything, and it's really weird that sometimes people will say things like, "Well, that's mine," or "That's my job," or "My wife," or "My health," or "My any of that stuff." as if we can do anything at all to preserve any of it. Like, it's an amazing thing. And God has been really in control. Now, one of the things that we have discounted for a lot of us in the church have discounted things like miraculous Holy Spirit healings and physical healings and, and that kind of thing. I don't mean discounted in, like intentionally, but we just haven't really seen it a bunch. It's not something that's, that's happened, but I do want to uh, tell you a couple of stories that have happened that just happened at the prayer service at Rekindle here last week um, and at Rekindle a service in the Shawnee location that we have as well. Actually, this healing didn't happen, but I found out about it at the Rekindle service. Um, you guys know uh, Bernie Garvin over here, right? Bernie Garvin uh, came in in a boot on Sunday morning to church, and she was pretty convinced her, her it was pretty swollen. She couldn't get a, a shoe on, couldn't get, she said, it, it's broken. It, it's exactly what it did last time it was broken. It snapped, and it swelled, and it did all that stuff. You came in in a boot. In fact, you were thinking about not coming because you were like, I, I can't walk. And so you put a boot on, sucked it up, and came on in anyway, right? So, uh, but it was, it was really cool. Well, you got prayed for after the service, and you got healed. Amen? Amen? That's, that's the, like, we're like, whoa, that's, that's amazing. In fact, it was during a prayer, like a, it was a quiet, kind of a quiet prayer time during the rekindle service on Sunday night. And I said, Bernie, did you get healed? She goes, yes! I mean, Yes. <laughs> It was like blurted out really loud. It was so cool, man. It was like, it was really good. 
What's it up early? Oh, it was awesome, man. That's, but that's, a, that's like that childlike enthusiasm for God, right? And you're, and you're still kickboxing today, right? Like, it's like no problem, man. It's like kicking around, no issues at all. That's, that, guys, listen, I'm telling you, I'm not, you know, the problem with healing, the problem with physical healing and the gifts of healing and those kinds of things have been manipulated by some sinful people in the church to make uh, money and all that kind of stuff. Guys, that's, but, but healing like Holy Spirit healing can still happen and still does happen. I've got a buddy of mine over at the Shawnee campus. Some of you guys know um, David Leonard who came and judged our, he's the chef that came and judged our chili cook-off uh, a couple of months back. You guys, you guys remember David? Cool dude, right? Well, we were at a meeting uh, last, uh, couple, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago and I walked outside and he was sitting in his car, his music was blaring, uh, probably some somber, you know, whatever and everything like that. But I didn't realize it, but he was bawling his eyes out. And I had no idea what was going on, you know, and he was just crying and crying. And he had his head down. I thought he was just kind of reading a book or something like that. So, you know, I didn't know anything better. I'd come up to the window like, boo, 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 what's up, dog? You know, I got a thing, you know, and he wouldn't respond. And I'm like, oh, Snoop, you know, is he, you all right? You know, I started knocking, hey, bro, and he rolls the window down. And dude, he's just got tears running down his eyes. And if you don't know, his wife Sarah had had minor surgery about three years ago and hasn't been able to speak since. So the only way they were able to communicate is either writing or she has to whisper the words, but she's not been able to have a voice at all, which really devastated them in a lot of ways because she's on the phone a bunch at work and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was a really, really tough thing. And uh, when I asked him, I said, David, what's wrong? He goes, man, I need a miracle really, really bad. He goes, I need, I need Sarah to be healed. I need her to be able to speak. I want to hear her voice. She got healed Sunday. First time in three years, man. Man, I don't know. You know, here's the thing. When somebody tells me they've not been able to talk to their wife on the phone for three years and they were able to do that this week, that's a miracle, baby, right? That means that we, that we have, that God has shown himself to be absolutely powerful over everything. And we have the audacity, audacity to say anything is ours at all. Everything belongs to, to God. Uh, the whole world, everything in it has not only been created, but it belongs to God. So he has given us stewardship over some things like money, like health, like our lives, like our marriages, like our homes, all that kind of stuff. But he has the power to do anything with it. And until we give those things to him and let him bless those things, we can work ourselves to the to the bone, amen, and to, to try to make things right, and we never can ultimately until God, until we give it to God. I mean, this is kind of the whole idea in the series of this series called Mine, where generosity, if you will, evolves, and evolution is a, is a kind of a weird word in the church because I'm a staunch creationist and that kind of thing, but, but generosity is not something that comes naturally. Generosity is something that has to be learned and has to grow and has to, like when we start giving our, our, ourselves to God, man, we have to learn what it means to be generous. If you don't know, and you probably have to have to deal with it if you have multiple children, you may have even had to deal with that this morning where somebody, one, one sibling decides they were going to take something from the other sibling and ultimately that one sibling looks at that other sibling and says, no, it's mine, right? That's my sweater. That's my hair barrette, right? That, did that happen already? Okay. So Brenda's like, mm-hmm, you ain't lying, preacher. I'm telling you, girl. Pray, that's right. Amen to that. Because we don't have to teach children that word. And you know what's funny? 
Have you, you will never see somebody say, oh, they spoke their first word. It was no, right? Oh, I'm so proud of my child. Their first word was mine, right? It doesn't happen like that. It never happens like that. You're never posting that. It's usually either mama or dada or something like, oh, they said their first word because we're never proud of somebody being selfish. We just aren't, right? I mean, God has not made us in his image to be proud of selfishness. When some kid, some snot-nosed crumb snatcher wants to take my Hot Wheels, I'm going to say, no, mine, naturally. We're not naturally going to say, okay, bud, yeah, no problem, have it, enjoy it. Until a parent intervenes and said, no, Johnny, you've got to share, that kind of thing. It doesn't happen like that. Mine is natural. Mine is ungodly. Because once we say, God, it's yours, everything belongs to you, like, oh, that's how we start to, to realize that, that true, genuine generosity is not a matter of how much we share or how much we give or how much we serve. It's a matter of the heart, realizing that God owns everything, a cattle on a thousand hills, according to the scripture, more than that, because he owns everything, and we have nothing to worry about, so we are generous because God is generous. He's the one that gave his one and only son, amen? And so today we're going to look at the three areas that we want to look at, but ultimately, and you can fill this out in your bulletins, no one has to teach us the word mine or no or stop, right? Any of those things, those things come naturally. What we have to be taught, all of us, is to share, to give, and to serve. We need to learn if we're going to be an extremely generous church, which is one of the visions that we have as a church, that we will share our lives, invest our resources, and serve our church. So we've got, if you will here, we've got three sections. I will share our lives, invest our resources, and serve the church. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to use an illustration next week, but I wanted to introduce it this week, that we have different levels of this, that where we will be generous in these different areas of sharing our lives, investing our resources, and serving our church. For some of us, it's not yet, right? We haven't started that. For some of us, we're going to do this for the first time. Some of you maybe even today. For some of us, it's, well, I'll do that sometimes and, and that kind of thing, or I do it often. Or if it's really a whole life, completely full generosity where I give everything to God, it all belongs to him, and everything's an open book, and I don't have a closed fist on anything, that's where the optimum fulfillment from God can, because he can trust us with his as we give it away, right? Like how much, like if we start giving stuff away and start serving, like having our time and our talents and our resources and our families and all our, like all those different things that we tend to say are, are mine, if we open our hands and start giving it away, man, all of a sudden God can pour, can pour more into us. And we'll show that illustration a little bit next week. Uh, show up next week because we're going to make a huge mess. It's going to be awesome. Is that cool? So we'll do that next week. But we want to share our lives, invest our resources and serve our church. And when I say our church, it's actually God's church, right? This is the bride of Christ. Where I say a lot of times, Mrs. Jesus. And we want to want to really experience and live our lives with whole life generosity. Generosity not just in one area, generosity in all areas because God is so generous 
to us. Jesus, when he first came onto the scene and had his first public ministry sermon, said something very impactful and very powerful. I mean, he started talking immediately about the snares of materialism and and idol worship and money and all those kinds of things. And he says, man, you guys are are worrying to death. And Jesus says that, 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 that if you keep worrying about those kinds of things, like it's going to destroy you. Ultimately, don't worry about that kind of stuff. And he says in Matthew 6, 33, he says, but seek first. You with me? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So seek first the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about that. And his righteousness and all these things will, will be provided for you. So as we're seeking God, we're seeking him, we're seeking his kingdom, his righteousness, we're seeking his character, we're seeking all those different things, like then we'll all like we'll be fulfilled by what God wants because we'll want what he wants for us, right? And we'll be absolutely fulfilled. It's an amazing thing. A lot of times we manipulate those kinds of things to try to get what what we want and we call it essentially prosperity gospel, which we're going to start taking back this whole idea of prosperity because it's been just just manipulated and absolutely destroyed by so, too many people. We're going to actually take this back today. Amen. Prosperity. When we start talking about kingdom, we start talking about we pray for our God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in, in heaven. We're going to start ta- stepping into what kingdom actually means. Prosperity, first thing, is that you make wherever you are better. That's you making things better. Now, why couldn't we make things better? If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we've got God in us, and we're going to go into a place, it ought to be better because we're there. Amen? Like, there's no reason why we can't go to the Dollar General and it be better because we are in it, because God is in us, we are in Him, and now we're a Dollar General. Amen? There's no reason why we can't pray for Maddie who works at Dollar General and Dorothy who works at Dollar General and now our homeboy Skylar Schimmel who has, like he he goes here, right? He got a job over at Dollar General. Here's what I told him. When he said, I got a job at Dollar General, I said, work hard, bro, rep Jesus well. Make it better because you're there, amen? That's how we go. Like it's not a matter of me going going to work so I can get some money, right? It's a matter of me going, have an opportunity to make the place better because I'm in it because I belong to God. Amen? We talk about, man, we should do more things for the poor. We should give to the poor. What about tipping well to those who serve us because they're poor? And they're making money on tips and paycheck to paycheck and paycheck. Do you realize, I, like I, 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 some of you heard this story before, but I am, I, I waited tables for several years in college. You know what day I hated to work the most? Sunday, Sunday exactly right. You know why? All the church people are going to come in and they're going to run me ragged and tip me like terrible. It's amazing that I know Jesus at all. It's amazing that I came, started coming to church because what they did to, to me. Guys, we cannot be like that. We've got to make everywhere we go better people get so stingy when it comes to things like tips and it's usually over like a couple of bucks or so that we would probably blow on a pack of gum when we leave the place anyway it's like you get a ten dollar tab and it's like well i'm going to give a dollar fifty or two dollars maybe give three or four then it'll it'll mean so much and it'll cost so little but you can bring kingdom to wherever you're at 
It's those little small things that we make. And we think sometimes it's, a, it's like, like we want to see this big, crazy wave of revolution and all that kind of stuff. And it starts with an extra dollar on a tip sometimes, doesn't it? Amen? You see where I mean on that? Like we make things better wherever we are. Second thing, we talk about integrity. Integrity, like where you do the right thing even when no one is looking. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sick and tired of hearing about prominent Christian leaders and pastors that because they weren't doing the right things on Monday morning that they were doing on Sunday, that their ministries were destroyed because they weren't, weren't, weren't having integrity when no one was watching. We should be the same regardless of when somebody is watching us or not because God is always with us. Third thing we talk about is justice. When you make wrong things right now a lot of times we we, we want to say well i'm going to go i'm going to go march for the oppressed i'm going to go make sure that the the, the those who have been uh, unjustly accused or, or done wrong in the society we're going to go fight for them we're going to go fight for the poor we're going to march for this and that kind of thing guys sometimes it's the small things and i'm not saying any of that stuff is wrong but sometimes it's the small things and i'll, I'll tell you a little story uh from last week if you didn't hear um, our elder Mitch got a brand new Harley Davidson from a place called Sun Harley in uh, Denver, Colorado. And man, man, if you ever want to get a Harley, please go there. These people are awesome. And here's how I found out that they're awesome. <laughs> this is so great. Uh, Mitch had two motorcycles. He sold those motorcycles and got a fat awesome amazing harley man this thing's got like bells and whistles on it it's an incredible machine right like it i think it maybe even have its it maybe self-driving and self-parking i don't know i'm just i just heard that maybe i was wrong about that but it's a really cool harley right so he got this and he bought this and he comes to, and he and he drove all i'm mean, like almost all night to get back here for sunday sunday church this in the morning last week and by the way he and a couple other guys are are doing a, uh, a motorcycle ministry down south somewhere i can't remember but uh, but awesome stuff really cool story right and so he comes in and he's got his coffee doesn't have a lid on his coffee so i kind of say this is his fault but don't tell him i said that cuz he knows how to beat me up but he has this brand new white Harley-Davidson t-shirt on. I mean, it's, it's like glowing white when it comes in. I'm like, yeah, you just got that yesterday, didn't you, right? And so he comes in with it on. He sits right here. We're actually doing something prior to the service called Q2Q. We're going over the service flow and that kind of thing. And we, went, we had, I had this kickball in my hand. By the way, who played kickball with us last week? Wasn't that fun, man? Shoot, yeah, man. That was awesome. What a crazy church we are, right? And so I had this kickball, and I looked at it. We locked eyes. I threw it at him, and he goes, starts talking to his wife. Man, it was like slow motion. I'm like, no, right? And dude, I mean, it could not have hit him in a better spot, but it hit that coffee cup. Boom! I think he might have cussed a little bit inadvertently. I give him, give him a little grace. It's cool. But man, it's just like, blam, and coffee from the top to his collar all the way down to the bottom was full of coffee. Brand new white Harley t-shirt right one foot wide swath of coffee right dude i was like bro i'm so sorry you know i just felt terrible right so here's what happened i called the harley dealership i had found on facebook where he got it and that kind of thing it said it on the back i called them and i told them this story and i said you're not gonna believe what i did i just ruined this guy's 
Ty's Harley shirt, man. And it's awesome, right? He was so proud of it. And I just ruined it. And I told him the story of how I threw the kickball and he spilled his coffee all over it and everything like that. Well, they sent him another one with a coffee mug in it. <laughs> that's not awesome, right? Like, so that's not, that's not even making it right. That's like making it better. So you got a t-shirt and a mug out of it. Probably got that coffee clean. But I just, man, I just love that. But, but here's the thing. It's like, like we can make the small stuff right. The injustices that are even sometimes our fault or even that we can make some small stuff right because if we're willing to do some of the small stuff, we'll be more willing to do some of the big stuff. See, so many times people are, 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 Christians are not willing to make small stuff right because we've got our eyes fixed on bigger things. But I promise you, if we do things in the small stuff, if we live with integrity when no one's looking, right? Amen. And we look for those kinds of things. Guys, that's where like whole life generosity can actually, actually happen. We bring prosperity, we have integrity, and we, we, and we fight and we, we live for justice, even in the small stuff. And so many of us are saying, well, don't think of things like that. Because the early church was not filled with people like that. When you look at the church in Acts that came after the resurrection, because they were on fire because Jesus' resurrection, which should still like, make us on fire. This guy rose from the dead, man, right? This ain't no joke. And I still like fire us up, right? They were on fire because of his resurrection, because of his teaching, which was amazing and radical and awesome, and because of his Holy Spirit and the indwelling they had in there. It had been poured out, right, at Pentecost. So it's, and what they did was they, they wound up like, like living together in essence for a lot of reasons. They lived together uh, because they shared everything. They lived together because they, they you know, they, they had, they, they put everything into common, but they had to do this in a lot of ways because they were the ones that were haunted by society. So they all lived together, protecting one another, doing those kinds of things. And the early church did this. Now, some people will say, well, so we should do what the early church did, which is just all come here and live together and we'll just make bunk beds all over the place and we'll just have this big old commune, that kind of thing. No, that's not what he's talking about. See, because it does, like, like where our home is does not matter. Where our heart is matters. It doesn't matter where our home is. It matters where our heart is. And if our heart is together with the rest of the body, if our heart is like, I'm going to share this and be generous with everybody else, and if our heart is I'm going to give and serve the church in such a way that I'm not thinking about myself and my feelings and my energy and my time and my all that kind of stuff, all of a sudden, like I have something in common with everybody else. That's the heart of generosity here. Acts 4, starting in verse 32 says this, says, now the, the large uh, group of those who believed were of one heart, right, and mind. And no one said that any of his possessions was his own, but instead they, they held everything in common. And the apostles were, were giving testimony with great power to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And the great grace was on all of them. For there was not a needy person among them because all those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed for each person's basic needs. Guys, imagine if we had a heart like that. I'm not talking about the, the, the outward experience and the outward characteristics of this church. I'm talking about the one heart and one mind characteristics if we had because if we serve our church, if we are generous with our resources, and if we are, we are uh, sharing 
like ourselves with other people, man, there is no stopping the church and the kingdom to come. All of a sudden, we're living in obedience together as one. The Holy Spirit can do his work, and we ain't got to worry about people healing and that kind of thing, man. It's just going to happen. We're going to step into that stuff, amen? You see what I'm saying on that? Like, what would it look like if we, all of us, serve the church the way God has intended? Do you think, guys, that anybody, as they did today, would be scrambling in Kid City downstairs trying to find somebody to watch the infants? I don't think so. Do you think that anybody, would, that we would ever have to worry about whether or not there was somebody out in the parking lot greeting people, acting a fool, dodging cars, right? Because... We would be serving the church wholeheartedly with everything we've got. Do you think that we would ever be short of somebody in the coffee bar as they were today? It wouldn't be. Guys, we have 300 people or so coming to our church each and every week. There is no reason why any of any position, any service opportunity should, should be like vacant. Amen? Ever. Like, that's so important for us to understand that. Don't hear me getting on to you, but I'm just saying, like, it, like, there's no reason that that should ever happen, not with a church our size. It's not that hard either, man. Anybody can greet. Anybody can do those kinds of things. We do have to do background checks for Kids City. Might take a little bit more red tape, but not a whole heck of a lot, right? We should be, that, that should be the least of our concerns. Our concerns should be to pursue the kingdom for God. And it's not just on Sunday mornings. There are opportunities to connect and serve throughout the week. We've got things coming up that are, uh, you know, going to be in the community. We've got July 3rd. We've got summer kickoff party. We've got all kinds of things we're going to be involved in. There should never be a need for people to scramble trying to find those kinds of things. This whole idea of say yes to summer, we're going to try to give some people a break that have been serving for a long time, introduce new people into serving. So we're going to have somebody back in the back as you walk out, be able to sign up for those kinds of things. Amen? It's so cool. It's just kind of kind of how that, but think about that. Think about this. What if everybody actually tithed? Here we go, right? What if those opportunities that we have had to say no to in the past, we would never have to say no. If you guys remember last year, I preached on this when we talked about the whole idea of will it be us? And we're still doing this. We're still trying to ask that question. Will it be us that reaches the people that are here in our town, here those folks that are, that are coming as well? But remember, I, I was approached about doing some ice cream for the July 4th celebration. And, and it wasn't very much money, but, but I, man, it broke my heart, but I had to say no. Because our giving was not where it needs to be. I am proud to tell you we are going to sponsor ice cream this year, right? Amen. Come on, man. Is our giving where it needs to be? Not yet. It's coming together, guys. You guys are stepping into this. It is much better than it was. But we still got work to do. So don't let up on that gas pedal on those kinds of things, right? In our service, in our giving, in our sharing of our lives, we have opportunities for people that want to sign up for open tables. You want to open your home or go to somebody's home that you may or may not even know. Crazy stuff, right? But get to know people. We have the whole, we have a, a vision of wanting people to know one another and they know that they are known. One of the greatest ways we do that is opening our, our homes and, and having dinner together. Uh, one of the ways we also 
We've had numerous times where people have said, man, we should, wish we had more classes or something like that during the week. And, and uh, you know, like we, and so what we did was this, like two weeks ago, we started Tuesday night and Thursday night classes called Exploring Discipleship. Pete talked a little bit about that already. And it's a great class, guys. Like, like really understanding what discipleship is, is absolutely key to walking in, in step with Jesus. It's critical to understand that. You know how many people actually came Tuesday night? Four people. Out of a church of 300 plus, we've probably got more than 400 that have come through the doors in the last month or so. But I'm not getting on to anybody, but I'm just saying, like, we have opportunities to connect. And the four people that came, God bless you, don't. I'm not getting on to you. I appreciate it that you came. But those were people that were already in discipleship looking for people to disciple, and nobody showed up. Like, if you want, like, I've had people say, man, I sure wish I could be, in, be discipled and get in discipleship. Come Tuesday night, come Thursday night. See what happens. Start plugging into serving in different areas. Greeting, Kid City, parking, any area that you can. Uh, we may even, I've been talking to Pete about, maybe we need to have some, some, uh, some rap going on in the worship. You know, so if you're a good rapper, let me know, all right? Because, not me. No, not me, not me. But if you like rap, I mean, just let me know. We may have to have a separate service. Whole, all rap. You, you in on that? We in on that? Right, cool. Nobody, nobody wants to talk, man. It's like... Uh, uh, I don't want to say yes, but you know you're excited too. Um, but anyway, and if you don't like rap, I will pray for you. We'll have a prayer service just in your honor. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. I'm not getting on to anybody. Guys, we just still got work to do. We will always have work to do. And we will always need to bring challenge from one another, from the stage, from everywhere, so that we can spur one another on to more and more of what God wants for us. Can you imagine what the church would be like if we did those things, shared our resources, tithe, if we actually like, like shared one another, shared our time and shared our lives with one another and served the church in a way that we would never have to worry about those kinds of things. Guys, it would be a, no, people would be clamoring to get to know this Jesus because, man, we love one another that much, amen? Romans 12, Paul writes to the church in Rome and we'll, we'll finish with this. It says, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you, beg you, right, to present your bodies, plural, as a living sacrifice, together as one, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've got to be thinking like God thinks, right? So that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. For by the grace given to me, I, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given us, we have different gifts. Now, before I get into these gifts, I want us to understand something. Just because somebody has one gift and somebody has, doesn't have that gift or is not primary gift, Jesus had every one of the gifts we're going to talk about. And so if Jesus is in me and Jesus is in you and Jesus is in us, then we're going to have some of all of these gifts. Some of them may be stronger, some of them may be weaker, if you will, but that doesn't mean we are exempt from utilizing those gifts. For example, Jesus said to greet one another with a holy kiss. Jesus said, even greet your enemies. Now, some people may say, well, I'm not really an extrovert naturally, so I really don't really greet. No, Jesus said to greet, regardless of your natural, like how you, how you uh, conduct yourself, if it was. Does that make sense? 
regardless of what our natural giftings are, our natural talents or those kinds of things, and regardless of even our supernatural giftings, we are still called to be obedient to the Lord. Amen? According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the standard of one's faith. If service in service, if teaching in in teaching, if exhorting in exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. Love must be without hypocrisy, detest evil, cling to what is good. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. I love this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Better have an honor competition, man. That'd be awesome. I gave more honor than you this week. You owe me a quarter. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble and do not be wise in your own estimation. Wow. Like that like, that like pretty much sums up the visions for a new city church, doesn't it? Generosity, discipleship, right? Making the community better. It's ultimately, guys, like this, it is everywhere in the scriptures. This is how we're supposed to live. Here's what I want us to do. Do what you can to never say my or mine. I know it's gonna be hard, right? Especially if, the way my brain works. Oh, sorry, I did it again. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's like it, I want us to be thinking about how, how we look at this as God's stuff. Everything we have, all of our time, our health, our marriage, our relationships, right? Our feelings and emotions, our finances, all those things belong to God. Give those to him and see what happens because he can do a whole lot more with 1% or 2% or a zero, or like he can do even, I don't know how he does the math, but he can do, no, do more with nothing than we can with everything we're trying to control. Amen? So let me pray for us. We're gonna actually have, a, have our offering at this time and then we'll be dismissed, but I want us to be praying through this stuff. Like how does God want me to actually live? He wants me to live as he lives, as he showed like in community with one another, sharing our resources, our time, our talents, our abilities, and our lives with others. So Father, we just love you. Man, and thank you for the opportunity to give. Thank you for the opportunity to, to, to really sh- like, like, like give in this way. This all belongs to you. You've said it in your word that, that everything in the world belongs to you. The, the, you, you created it all. And everything that is in our bank account, everything that is in our wallet, everything that is, that is, that is our salary, everything, like all of our, everything, God, our physical bodies, our health, our minds, our emotions, our marriages, our relationships, absolutely everything belongs to you. May we from this day forward, Father, pursue that with humility, showing others as being more important than ourselves. And with this offering, Father, may you take it, may you bless it, and may you, may you use it in ways, God, that will blow our minds. May you not be impressed with the amount, Lord. May you be impressed with the hearts and the minds that give it. And we thank you, Father, for what you're going to do with it. And in your son's precious and holy name that we pray. Everybody said with enthusiasm.
Amen. We've got buckets on this, uh, this uh, end aisle. If you'll pass them down that way. Also, if you'll sign your name on the sign-up sheet, we'll want to know you, get to know that you're known and know your name. Pray over your name. After this giving, we are dismissed. Have a great week.